Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Oh, yes, living the dream once again on a fabulous sports Saturday. Hartman and Schwartz with you. And I have to say this at the very top, Jeff. You know, you're you're strutting yourself these days. Uh, Jeff's feeling pretty good because his San Francisco Giants have not only a four-and-a-half game lead over the Dodgers and Padres in the NL West, they have a two-game lead over the entire rest of baseball right now with the improbable record of 49-26. and 26. <laughs> And when I say improbable, this is one of the most improbable stories in baseball we've seen in a long time, Jeff. First of all, how are you? You, you got to be feeling good, though. When you, when you, when you like hit the overall standings, you oh, see yeah. 30 teams listed, and your team is at the top of the pile, that's got to feel pretty good. It does, except I think a lot of Giants fans, same as myself, are wondering when it's going to be over because we're being bolstered you know, by guys on one-year pitching deals that I don't think they expected to, to do as well. Gosman, right? Uh, and then our bullpen's so-so. And then we're, we have a bunch of old guys playing really well, right? Posey and Crawford and Brandon Belt now on the, in the, on the injured reserve or what do they call it now, the, the IL mm-hmm. injured list is he uh, – Pretend he was like Billy Hamilton running out, of, um, <laughs> uh, trying to go home off a, off a first to third on a bad throw. Um, so yeah, it's just it it uh it's great. I've enjoying trust me, I've, I've enjoyed watching more baseball. I watched thirteen innings of Giants Angels on Wednesday because it was on at, at three Eastern out here, four Eastern out here. Wasn't that um, a uh, seven run thirteenth inning? It was for the seventh run. Giants. It was. Yeah, that that's one of those games like you, you're playing the under and the over under, and it's like a one one game. And it goes to extra innings and ends up nine to three. Yeah, I'd, I'd be very upset if I had the under in that game, um, as I often do. But yeah. it's been nice to watch baseball, and it's been nice. You know, what I realized uh, the last couple of days is, is we're getting kind of really deep into the summer, right? And this mm-hmm. is when a lot of times you know full time radio hosts take off, and I get an opportunity to fill in sure. for a lot of them during the week, and. Normally, we're fighting to find stories this time of year, right? We're fighting to, or the NBA has just ended, and you know, there's golf, obviously, and baseball's kind of, and there's kind of no baseball stories typically. You know, football's kind of quiet right now. Yeah, you don't have the normal training camps because back in the old days, we had full blown training camp at the beginning of July. Yeah, we don't have that anymore. Full blown. Yeah, we don't have that anymore because it used to be, well, you used to have to show up, excuse me. You used to show up out of shape. Now you show up in shape. That's right. a big difference, right? right. Um, I mean, even the offseason program, when I was in the NFL, we got in March 15th. You weren't expected to be in shape. When you show up all, you know, April 20th now, they expect you to be in shape and ready to in, – Right. And, and, and ready to go. So it's just – it's nice having the NBA, the NHL, obviously, in, in, in the Stanley Cup now. We have, we have golf. We have baseball. We have – you know, what we're going to start with, the, the NCAA – 
ton of news around name, image, and likeness, the College World Series last night, and even into today. Mm. There's just so much to talk about. I'm very happy to, to be on today with you. All right, so I just wanted to preface by saying you're a very happy guy because your Giants are sitting there atop the baseball world, which is uh, something that only you can say. Uh, because, I, again, this Giants team was uh, going into the season. They were in the dump mentality. Oh, yeah. They have expiring contracts all over the place, whether it was oh, yeah. Posey or Belt or Crawford or Cueto. All these guys have expiring contracts. They were hoping to dump at the trade deadline, and they're all playing well. So I don't know what they're going to do, but let's put that aside. I do want to start with this NCAA, um, and this is this is something that is a major story that not only has ramifications for the NCAA, it really has ramifications across the board. Uh, when we talk about that Supreme Court ruling and the fact that the compensation rules have been dismissed by the Supreme Court in a unanimous way where they're saying, look, you're not really adhering to what's going on as far as the rules set where you can govern yourself. If we don't feel like you're following the rules the way we feel they should be ruled uh, as far as compensation is concerned, we we will step in. And the latest now is obviously this, uh, what are we calling it? This is the personal license situation where the collegiate athletes now can actually have sponsors, make money, and still retain their eligibility as far as their NCA status is concerned. And I feel like this is a slippery slope. Did you see, I know you did because you sent it to me as well, some of the parameters they're using for this right now? And there's still that unanswered question that I'm still trying to figure out. Are these athletes in a position where they can hire agents? So, okay, so let's let's go back to go forward. So what happened last week was there was a specific case that was ruled upon, right? Correct. The case was, can you give athletes benefits related to, to basically being a student, right? A laptop, an internship, things like that. They, they ruled 9-0 against the NCAA, which, again, the Supreme Court is 9-0 for nothing, right? If you go look at all the other opinions this year, it's even 8-1 and 7-2 and 6-3 and 5-4. Never 9-0 for never. anything. 9-0. And then in the opinion, Justice Kavanaugh wrote a, a withering opinion about, about NCAA, basically saying, like, look, if you try us again, you're going to lose. Start paying the players. So that paved the way for now the NCAA as they were waiting, unfortunately, again, too late, a little too late for name and likeness, which is happening July 1st of this year because certain states, starting with California, enacted laws so players who previously could not market themselves, right? So I'm Jeff Schwartz. I went to Oregon. Someone wants to pay me X amount of money to just go to a car dealership and sign autographs. Someone wants to pay me X amount of money to go on a radio appearance. Someone wants to pay me this and that. I could not take that money while under scholarship. Now, Name and Gelitis allows players to receive compensation, not a salary from the school, but compensation for marketing, which is which is what we all we love, right? Free market capitalism. Someone wants to pay me to do something, I can do it. And the NCAA has dragged, dragged their feet as usual, was hoping Supreme Court would help them. They did not. Was hoping that Congress would step in and, and help them. They have not. Uh, was hoping that Congress would, would either give them an antitrust exemption or would enact some legislation. Why, why, why do they care? Um, so now it's moving to the point where the NCAA has laid out you know, informal guidelines or you know, their leaked documents about what players can and cannot do. But, Steve, even them putting this document out, they are 
they're turning to the states and doing and, and following state guidelines as well. So Kentucky, for example, signed a, a executive order, their governor, for anyone like this. Florida has a bill. California, which doesn't take place for two more years, but has a bill as well. So even the NCAA laying out guidelines does not matter because the state the state supersedes them, which I don't quite understand because the NCAA has always had the power, I think. But now they don't anymore. Now it's the states who make up the laws. Whatever it is, Steve, July 1st is coming and players are going to get money. Players are going to Instagram now. I say a linebacker, Cal, as an example, there's other players on Instagram being like, hey, guys, July 1st, I'm over for business. Hit me up. <laughs> Let me know when I can make money. Give me, you know, give me money. Give me marketing money. And so um, I, uh, I'm glad it's happening. And I, uh, I applaud the states for making this happen, first and foremost. And it's going to... It's going to make players a lot of money. All right. Some players. Correct. So, that see, that's the difference. Um, when you have a situation where you have a quarterback that signs a multi-million dollar deal at a college and he's the only one making any serious money unless he's going to share it with the rest of his team, that could cause problems. You know, the, the bigger picture here, Jeff, are these antitrust laws that allow the NCAA and all the major teen sports in this country operate without any government interference. Basically, they are allowed to police themselves. This is how you have a draft. I mean, drafts are completely illegal, but Major League Baseball, all the other, they all have drafts. And this Supreme Court ruling, to me, was a warning shot from the Supreme Court that said... If you do not play by the rules that you're afforded through these antitrust laws, you're going to lose them. And we're going to have government control of these sports. And if that happens, then everything that we know sports as it is today is out the window. The drafts would be gone. Um, I mean, there is a certain level of protection here. And that's why I, I would imagine for the NFL, the NHL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, they're keeping an eye on the NCAA with the idea that don't screw this up. Figure this out. Now, the NCAA could have this happen because there's also Title IX. And Title IX is very tricky because basically Title IX says is that if you're going to compensate you know, members of the football team, then you have to also compensate members of the women's rowing team. Now, there is a way to get around that, of course, and that is if the NCAA decides if if we're forced to, you know, if we sign, if we do an expansion of the playoffs and we got billions and billions of more dollars coming in, we may decide, I'll tell you what, we will compensate those sports that are actually generating revenue, football, men's basketball, and as far as the other sports are concerned, bye-bye. We're, we're just, because if we have to pay them, then no, we're not going to do that because they're not actually generating any revenue for the university. So you could see programs both on the women's side and the men's side go bye-bye because they're not about to compensate athletes who are in sports that are not actually generating revenue for those universities. Um, yeah, but I, but that, see, but name and likeness is not, going to affect i think i have any title nine does have no bearing on that right now it, it might in some way i don't know um but there's also a difference between like the salaries like when you're when you're paying players that that's where you get into into title nine name image and likeness has really nothing to do with that right 
it's it's again it's marketing yourself and i actually think it's going to help olympic sport athletes because we know especially out west steve how many olympians does ucla and does does stanford have and cal and usc that even i mean i mean jeremy bloom at colorado is a famous one right who was a, a top skier and also was a freshman all-american right uh, a wide receiver they can't take an endorsement in their olympic sport and also go to college now they can now they can do both so yeah, but let help. me ask you this, and I want to get into this on the other side here because there is the question of recruiting. If your main recruiting tool now is signing some multi-million-dollar deal for a star quarterback to go to your school as opposed to another school, I mean, th- this gets back to what we always talked about, right? There was illegal money by NCAA rules under the table. Now there's supposedly legal money. But you know where that could go. So we'll continue on a little bit here because, again, we'll explain why there is a trickle-down effect, not just at the collegiate level, but potentially at the professional level as well, coming up next. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Steve Harbin, Jeff Schwartz with you on this Saturday for hot water that never runs out. Go tankless and Navium. Navian tankless water heaters provide endless hot water for spa-like comfort. Visit TanklessMadeSimple.com and save hundreds with local rebates. TanklessMadeSimple.com. All right, we're trying to make sense of what a, what's the end game here? I mean, what what is the end game as far as the NCAA that is teetering right now after this unanimous Supreme Court decision against them? On what, what's your game plan for the future? I mean, what, what are we talking about? I was just talking to Ralph Irvin during the break here, Jeff. We were bringing up this, and Ralph worked at UCLA for many years, so he has a pretty good insight on sort of the inner workings of things. And he said this, you know, the idea that the players don't get compensated is not true, obviously, because they get a scholarship. So what if you say, all right, yeah, you're, you are getting comp- – what if, what if they were to tax you on your scholarship? I mean, what if they were to walk in and say, well, actually, you are getting compensated. You get a scholarship, and we're going to establish a value to that scholarship, and it's taxable. Well, I mean, I mean you're, you're I mean, claiming so again you're, that you're they're not getting compensated, well, but they are getting compensated. No, I'm not, I'm not claiming they're not getting compensated. I think that I think some people are. I think some people are saying that that you know that they need more of a salary. I'm not in favor of, of players um of players getting a salary. Uh that that feels there's no system to make that happen. I can't even propose you a system because then you run into the Well idea. there is a system because billions and billions of dollars are being poured into these universities. Yeah, but but when you talk about giving someone a salary who's already on scholarship, mm-hmm. then you have the tax issues right. which you're going to have with name and likeness too. But then you have Title IX to deal with, right? right. And, and then, Title IX oper- right now, Title IX, by the way, affects everything on these university right. campuses. It's not but, just sports. Okay, but right now, name and likeness has nothing to do with Title IX. Okay, so let's say so this. Let's say this. Let's say you figure out a way that we're going to compensate the football team, and then all of a sudden you have members of the women's softball team. A follow a lawsuit 
saying, hey, I, th- no, uh-uh, no, 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 no. If they get paid, we get paid. What's your answer? Well, the answer to the, a lot of universities is say, well, bye-bye women's softball. We'll just, we'll just dump your sport. I mean, if you're going to push this, um, this, this, is, this is the fine line here because you know there's going to be noise made if suddenly football players are making money. And you could say, well, they've earned it. Their, their sport is generating the revenue that's paying for everything else. So, yeah, they are going to get more of a compensation. But that's not the way it operates. People are saying, no, 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 no. If you're going to pay them, you got to pay us. Cor- correct. But I think we're getting ahead of ourselves, right? I mean, I know this is the point of what you asked me, but, like, right now, it's just name and likeness, right? And if, if, if this evolves to what you're talking about, I don't have even the slightest answer or even proposal for how you pay the players a salary, right? Mm-hmm. And then you also make it quote unquote fair for everyone else. And also too, because Steve, what is the value of a player? For example, I was a three-star offensive lineman out of California. I played, I, I played four years in college. The first year I played four games, you know, the, the new red shirt rules, mm-hmm. I would be able to red shirt and come back, but I didn't, right? I played four games that year, didn't start that. I started for three years. Okay. What is my actual dollar amount value? I don't know. How much money was uh, a full scholarship ride at Oregon worth annually? I'm, t- I'm talking about on top of that. If okay. you do a scholarship yeah. plus a quote-unquote salary, right. what am I worth compared to what was Jonathan Stewart worth? A five-star player mm-hmm. out of Washington who was obviously played three years right. and was a superstar. Like that whole, That's why I think the salar- a salary system on top of a scholarship is something that we're not even close to getting to. I think we're starting with names and like this. I've actually been talking. I was tweeting about it. Someone, you know, sent me a message about some quarterback getting like a bazillion dollars marketing. I, I want to see this happen, actually happen, because here's here's my thing. The boosters that give a lot of money to the schools, right? Mm-hmm. I'll use Oregon, for example, because uh, Phil Knight. So Phil Knight has been very generous to the school. The facilities are top notch, right? And as soon as we had better facilities, we start a little, you know, win a little bit more. Are, we've recruited better, things like that, right? So he saw a return on investment, right? And most of the time, when these big boosters are giving money to the schools to upgrade facilities, they, they're seeing more winning, right? But there's only so much winning that can happen. And if you're trying to buy players through name, image, and likeness, and you don't win, how much are you going to keep giving money to that school to buy the players or however you want to do it, right? You want to, however way you're, you're, you're getting it done, not through school, obviously, but you're, you're promising recruits X amount of money if they come to your school and we'll give you a, you know, a, a marketing deal, whatever. Is how much are they going to keep doing that if you don't win? Because I don't think this changes the balance of power in college football. Oh, I, I did, you're, well, for exactly. Well, it only amplifies. Right. Look, M- maybe now but- all of a sudden Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State, the big schools will have bigger offers because they have a higher profile and they'll have more sponsors willing to latch on with them yes. to get the top recruits. Now, I mean, this is, are- this is going to be flat out bribery but they, but see, they, like we've already, never seen before. But they already get the top recruits, right? That's my point about why. Well, well, now think, they're going to even have bigger recruits, maybe, more of maybe. a strangle. Well, how how are these other schools going to get those sponsors necessary to pay? Because that's what you're going to well, do. I mean, you're going to have to line up sponsors left and right to get the five-star recruits for them to sign on the dotted well, line. What's the deal? Also, Give me the deal. What's my multi-million well, well, dollar deal also, you got for me? We're also assuming this is not already happening, right? 
Well, we know that it's been doing so, illegally for years, but right, my so, point is now so, it's all going to be above board. Right, but, but, but if it already happened illegally, now it's going to be legal. Again, how much more on top of what's already happening is now going to happen to recruits? Look, at some point, kids are going to say, look, I'm the seventh five-star running back to go to Alabama. I'm going to go to Ohio State instead or, 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 or wherever else. My radio host on, the, on my Pac-12 show, Sean O'Connell, is in Salt Lake City. He's a Utah grad, and he knows Utah very well, obviously, and he knows Provo, where, where BYU is. And he said, specifically to like BYU, for example, there is so much money in that community that he sees as a one-off, BYU being able to, to get players, to, to, to compete with the big boys and sort of paying players to come play. You know, I, I think there's certain spots where maybe the, again, but is that going to change the, the, the balance of power? Probably not very much. And so I think that it's in for a couple of years, it's going to be chaos, utter chaos as we figure out how this is going to work. Again, different states have different laws, different rules, and somebody's going to figure it out. But again, I think the return on investment, like I, I just got a text from someone that's claimed that a quarterback is going to get a million dollars at a school from a marketing deal. I'm like, a, for a million dollars? Like, really? Like, what, what return on investment are they getting mm. for a million dollars of a college kid? Like, I, so, yeah. I, and I mean, and by the way, there's also <laughs> the added rule that, you know, now you have the one time transfer rule where you don't have to sit out a season. Remember, they just instituted that this year. So this is Utah, and and suddenly you have more money going around. Once once the money's on the table, what do we always talk about? The root of everything is money. Everything is money. Whether it's at the collegiate level, professional level, any one of us. It's all about the money. And so when you open this Pandora's box where you're letting all this huge money coming from different directions, we haven't even gotten into the biggest potential money source, and that's the gambling aspect. With the legalizing of gambling in 50 states and all these states adopting their legalized gambling programs, that's another revenue stream that they used to shy away from that when I get back to talking about the antitrust laws and the protection of these professional sports leagues, that all of a sudden billions and billions and billions of dollars in legalized gambling money is now being invested into these leagues, into these teams. There's a lot at stake. And at some point, the government's going to say, even though they'll screw everything up because that's what government people do, they're going to say, look, there, there's just too much. There's just too much money out there where we have to we can allow you to run the show. We need to take over. That's my biggest fear. Is that, and that's why I get back to this NCA situation where the Supreme Court unanimously said, what you're doing right now is in violation of the antitrust laws. You better step up. And I'm, I, I don't know what the answer is. You don't know what the answer is, but they better come up with something quick because you remove that antitrust exemptions that they have, and we got a whole different game. You do yeah, not want the I, government to be well, running I, our sports. But but I actually I don't think the NCAA has antitrust exemption, do they? In, I, 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 I think they they, they they're specific to... language in this ruling by the Supreme Court said they were in violation of the antitrust laws that they're protected by. Okay, I I, I thought they were trying to get, yeah they they don't they don't get a pass like they're trying to get antitrust exemption in Congress because they want to have the same right. level to operate that. That does other. They don't have. They don't the want government now. intervention. No sports right. league wants government intervention. Right. They, they don't have. They don't have an exemption like like the pro sports leagues do. But I mean, um, I'm telling you, they, if, so scary. Again, 
and and what's and what's you know reading a lot of people talking about this what's wild is that the ncaa could have been like sure all right college kids you want a laptop fine why don't you have a laptop and they avoid this entire opinion by 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 justice kavanaugh like they could have avoided all of this if they had just agreed to give in a tiny bit but they didn't see the change coming uh, no, no surprise right they're behind the times they were stubborn they were aggressive against change they weren't able to to adapt very well and now they're stuck with a system that's gonna dude what, i'm telling you in five days the doors are blown off this thing. There's almost no regulation. It's going to be out of control wild. But again, I think for the top 5%, the rest of us aren't getting nothing. Um, and so I'm curious how quickly this moves. And also, again, it's not going to change the power balance this year, but what does it do for next year? Yeah. And again, like you say, until this story really breaks, there's there's – there's us in the sports world, and then all of a sudden it becomes a news story. And if it filters into the news cycle, then those that are not getting compensated, that are starting to scream, they're going to have members of the media backing them up, and then it becomes an even bigger issue. So, again, all of this could come down, as you mentioned, this week coming up, and we'll see where it goes from here. All right, let's find out what's trending right now. We bring on, of course, a man. Again, he was on the inside. For a long time at UCLA. He knows a lot about this, Mr. Ralph Irvin. So, what do you think, Ralph? I'm just thinking now after what you said, Steve. Mm-hmm. I'm going back to, to, to the mid-90s. Yeah. I'm Headache Smith for Arizona State Basketball telling you this is where you should place your wagers. <laughs> oh, my God. Because, yeah. We've, yeah. Already, we've seen that in college basketball many times over the decades. Well, basketball is a fixable sport. That's why we've had so many scandals over the years. It's the most fixable sport. In any case, we do have basketball today. But of the NBA variety, it's happening at Staples Center at 9 o'clock Eastern. Game 4 of the Western Conference Finals with the Clippers try to even their series with the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix with a two-games-to-one series lead. Kawhi Leonard once again will not play, missing his sixth straight playoff contest with reported knee soreness. Cameron Payne should be good to go. Head coach Monty Williams says he walked okay. Of course, Phoenix did not practice and he has not actually played on that sore ankle, but we will see as the day progresses. Major League Baseball action, a final already in as Detroit wins in seven innings, beating Houston 3-1, snapping the Astros 11-game winning streak. Zach Short, a two-run homer. The difference for the Tigers is first Major League Baseball long ball. Now, St. Louis, a 2-1 lead over Pittsburgh. They're in the fourth inning. They're finally underway in Chicago. The White Sox hosting Seattle. Scoreless in the first. Baltimore and Toronto are scoreless in the second inning. Today's game between Cleveland and Minnesota has been postponed. And at Euro 2020, right now, 33rd minute, Italy and Austria are scoreless. Earlier, Denmark blanked Wales 4-0 to advance to the round of eight, where they will take on the winner of the Netherlands and the Czech Republic. But now, we'll check ourselves. We send it back to Steve Hartman and Jeff Schwartz. All right, thank you very much. All right, uh, so we, we all agree that we're, we really are a little premature to figure out exactly what's going to go down with the NCAA. So I want to move on to a, a question for you. Jeff, and that is uh, an ACL injury. So we got the the Clippers win game three, and they're back in the series. And again, they usually say a best of seven series doesn't begin until a road team wins, and so far it's been home court all the way through. 
this is a Clippers team that's already made history by being the first team ever in the same postseason to overcome an 0-2 deficit in two different series. Can they do it a third time? But a big part of that is the availability of Kawhi Leonard. And I heard a lot of people saying they were confused. So they're watching Game 3 at Staples Center, and the Clippers end up winning this game. And they see Kawhi there with this knee sprain, but he doesn't seem to have any brace on it. He doesn't seem to have anything going on. He's standing. Uh, what What's the deal here? Uh, my initial thought was it wasn't a serious injury that if he was needed, he would be in there. But that was the game where I sort of drew the line, where I'm like, okay, you're down 2-0. It's time to get Kawhi back in, whether there's been load management. And no, he's not back in, and he will not be playing game four tonight. Obviously, a critical game for the Clippers to even up the series. So explain the ACL, because I remember, like, Phillip Rivers started the AFC championship game against the New England Patriots back in the day with the Chargers with a torn ACL, played the entire game. So you know about ACLs. Explain to me... Even if there is, when, when we say a, a knee sprain, what are we exactly talking about? Because everyone, there seems to be no answer. We're not getting any word out of the Clippers. Like, what is Kawhi Leonard done for this season? Is he Would he be available if they got to the NBA Finals? What is the deal going on if it's a possible yeah. ACL injury? Explain this to me because I, I honestly, well, it's driving so, me nuts. I mean, ACL is, is for st- knee stabilization, right? So... For example, I, I was part of this. If you remember 2007, the Oregon Ducks. We were right. second in the nation. Our quarterback, Dennis Dixon, was probably on the way to win the Heisman. He was on his way. He was on his way, and he tore his ACL against Arizona State at the end of the game. Now, we didn't know about it. We had 10 days before our next game. We didn't know. I locked her next to Dennis the entire year. Didn't, never said anything to me about it. So we practiced all week. Dennis practiced all week. Get to the game against Arizona. He actually played the first quarter. Totally fine. Tried to cut a little bit. Knee gave out. End of you know. End of season. Uh, end of season for him. End of season for, for us. We were right after he got hurt. So, Philip Rivers, for example, right? It, it's and then after Dennis got hurt. By the way, to finish this, after Dennis got hurt, the next week on Monday at practice, he was out there in street clothes, taking dropbacks like a quarterback, mm-hmm. throwing the ball. Yeah, and our coach got so upset. That he was, I mean, he's not healthy, obviously, but I'm so upset with the situation. He threw him. He's like, Dennis, get out! He threw him off the practice field. So you can you can move in a straight line with a torn ACL, right? It's the lateral mm. agility, the stability that, that that is the issue. Without now, there are players who don't have ACLs, but they're they're born without them, so their body compensates. They figure it out how to do it. So that to me is is where we're at with Kawhi. I think that maybe they're hoping. That is it. Does it heal? In other words, when, when well, they I say that, a knee look, sprain, I, so a that, knee sprain, there, there, there's some, what, that means that there's well, some kind I, of even minor tear. That or what I, are we look, talking about? I, I can't tell. I'm trying you about to get that, this man. definition I, here. I mean, a knee sprain can be anything. I mean, you could have a grade one, two, and three. Yeah. Um, I've had MCLs. I've had PCL. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and a sprain is is a grade one, two, or three. But you couldn't imagine I, running up and down a basketball I've court never and twisting a, your knee in a hundred different directions I've, like you'd have to do. I've never heard of an ACL sprain before. Like I thought right. it's either gone, right, or not. And well, this is only hoping... speculation. That's the whole point. Right. I mean, they have such. I mean, the thing about Kawhi is he has such control. <laughs> 
of that organization. He really does. I'm not necessarily saying it's a bad thing because obviously they've already gotten to the place they've never been before. But, I mean, I, I've had Ryan Hollins here the last three Sundays in for Rich, and he has connections, right? And I'm like, every week, I'm, what's the story? Give me. He goes, I'm telling you, it is under lock and key. And, I mean, at this point, if you're playing the Clippers, are you taking the, the threat of Kawhi possibly coming back seriously anymore? I mean, after tonight, that's six straight games he missed. So, I'm just thinking he's, he's done. I, I wonder if this is a, a psychological play by the training staff, right? Because Maybe. If, if you know, and I go back to when Dennis Dixon got hurt, right? So, mm-hmm. we, we, entered, we entered Arizona with a great feeling, right? We're number two in the country. We're eight and one. We're going to beat Arizona. And we actually got up. We scored our first drive. We were driving down to go up 15 nothing. We're up 8 nothing because we, we went for two. And Dennis hit, hit a guy in the middle of his chest in the end zone to go up 15 nothing. The ball hit his chest, popped up in the air, and was intercepted. Like, we mm. were on our way to winning with a guy out of torn ACL. Um, I wonder if it's a psychological thing where if, you, if you're a player on the Clippers – and you think, oh, Kawhi could come back any day now. If we just keep winning, we keep playing well, yeah. our dude's coming back. All we got to do is, is get to the next game. It's win the next game, and Kawhi's coming back. Our closer's coming back. And maybe, it's, Steve, maybe it's just that's all this is, is the Clippers, they know he's done. He knows he's done. And most of the time, by the way, ACL's not an injury. You get fixed right away. If, if you if you ever seen ACL, a guy who has ACL injury, they get surgery two to four months, excuse me, two to four weeks after they get hurt because they want to wait for the swelling to go down and then kind of start some mobilization stuff as well to strengthen the surrounding, the surrounding your quad and your lower leg. Try to start strengthening those before you have surgery. It helps in the rehab process. So there's no rush to get surgery. Um, and maybe they're just, it's as simple as that. Hey, guys. Kawhi's coming back, man. Just go out and win tonight. Just win tonight, and Kawhi's coming back. Just win tonight, and Kawhi's coming back. And maybe this is all that is. Because if I if I was told Dennis wasn't playing before Arizona, I would have been bummed. I probably would have thought our season was over, but I would have been pretty bummed. All right. I, we didn't really have a backup at that point that was viable. Our other backup towards ACL two weeks before he did. So I think this might just could be that, that simple, man. We're just keeping him. You know, questionable. The the Suns have to prepare mentally that Kawhi might play today. I think this. I'm leaning in that direction of what this really is. Well, I agree with you, and it only works by the way if the party of one, in this case Kawhi Leonard, keeps his mouth shut, which he's doing. I mean, Kawhi's really good at that. <laughs> he yeah. just he won't he won't even hint one way or the other. How you feeling? Um, no, no answer yeah. on that one. Hey, on the other side, I want to get into the NBA Final Four that we got right now. I mean, it's it's sort of good news, bad news, right? I mean, you got four franchises. Well, we'll get into how long these franchises have been waiting for the moment. But how how many people actually care about the outcome of how this is going to play out in the NBA? And I want to cite on the other side, Jeff, why... There is one big missing ingredient. What is it? We'll tell you next. Steve Harbin and Jeff Schwartz. All right, so this is not the final four we all expected for the NBA. Nobody had this final four. That's for sure. So you could say in some respects, Jeff, it's a good thing. In the Eastern Conference Finals, you have the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks, 
They've been around since 1968. They won one championship way back in 71 when they had, as he was still known that season, Lou Alcindor. People don't know this. When he came out of UCLA, he was Lou Alcindor. His first two years in the NBA, including the year they won the championship, his second season in 70-71, he was still Lou Alcindor. It was after that that he changed his name to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So that's the Bucks' history. They're playing the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks were born actually in Milwaukee, and then they moved to St. Louis, and they had a great player named Bob Pettit, one of the great stars of the early years of the NBA. And the only time that Bill Russell ever lost an NBA Finals in his career with the Celtics, he lost to the St. Louis Hawks in 1958. That's the only time the Hawks ever won a championship. And then on the other side, the Phoenix Suns were born in 1967. The Clippers were born as the Buffalo Braves back in 1970. And neither one of these franchises has ever won a championship. Yeah. So there's something to be said about new faces. But here's the problem I have. How many people really care, not whether a team wins, but to me, every bit important about a team loses. Like, you know, sometimes you have a rooting interest in a series, not because you're rooting for a team to win, but because you really want that team to lose. Like a lot of LeBron haters and stuff like that. We don't have any of that. There's no, there's there's no, no team here. There's no villain. There's That's no hero. Is, yeah. And so unless you are specifically a fan of one of these four teams, to me it's really hard to care. I mean, there's storylines that we break down, obviously, but it's really hard for me to engage. Like, am I really rooting for or against any of these teams? At least for me right now, the answer is no. I mean, I root for my wagers, which is always nice to do. Okay, um, that's a big part so of it. That's a big part of it. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's no villain, which which we like to have in a lot of these playoffs, right? Whether, you know, even the Warriors, right? Some people kind of didn't like their style of play, right? Didn't think they were as good as the Bulls when the Bulls, you know, when the, the Warriors won 73 games. Um, and so there was some, you know, some interest there. And, and some people on the opposite spectrum, right? They were like, hey, how great is what Steph Curry's doing and KD eventually and all that stuff, right? And then obviously LeBron, people hating LeBron and people wanting to watch LeBron. Yeah, there's no, there's no big draw like that. But look, I've enjoyed seeing Trey Young emerge. Mm-hmm. I've enjoyed yeah. seeing Devin Booker emerge. Now, right. Devin Booker, obviously, with the face mask, so he plays tonight, that seemed to really affect him. But yeah, there's, I don't care who wins. I will say though, this is if there's a time for Milwaukee to win, it's this season. It has this season to be. only. This is Giannis's time. It's, this it's, is where Giannis has a chance to suddenly yeah. take his place with the LeBrons and the Steph Currys and and the elite players that have had MVP regular Correct. seasons, and they've yeah. also like Kevin Durant done it yeah. to win a and, championship. And th- this is that's my takeaway from the playoffs still yeah. left. Is it's it's Milwaukee's turn to win, or they're never going to win with Giannis? Because yeah. think about how this set up, right? You have the Sixers out and again. We we blasted Doc Rivers last week, sure, and we, we were right, right? We're right on that. By the way, you notice um, how much better the Clippers are getting rid of him and having yes, a real coach and Tyloo. Yeah. Yes, and look how well they play without Kawhi. It's actually, yeah. it's actually, it's it feels like a little knock on Kawhi, right? Like if LeBron were out of a game, the teams can't function. But somehow the Clippers are functioning without Kawhi. I, I don't know. I think that's a, you know, if KD were out, but Irving and Harden were playing, I don't think the the Nets would have gone this far. Right. I, I don't know if they flipped the roles. Okay. Nonetheless, um, you know, Philly was 
probably matched up well with with the Bucks, especially with Embiid and Giannis, kind of being able to match mm-hmm. up. Um, look, the Nets are out, right? Boom, and they beat them, but they had Kyrie get hurt, and Harden was hurt, played a little bit, never the same guy. The Lakers, they're out. Now, the Lakers aren't very deep, obviously, but if both AD and LeBron are healthy, I think we assume they beat the Suns, and they're obviously in the NBA Finals most likely there. So all these impediments are gone. They're out of the way, and look at the teams left. Atlanta is not very good. We saw last night that if Milwaukee wants to play to their best ability, that game is not going to be very close. And I think the rest of the series could be this way. Milwaukee plays this way. And the Clippers and Suns, I don't think, should scare Milwaukee. There's a chance to do this. And what's wild, Steve, is they were one inch away from blowing this whole thing up if KD was behind a three-point line in Game 7. Yeah. The well, whole thing's done. They I fired think, their coach. All right. They, they do a little re- rebuild. It all changes. So, ultimately, whatever team ends up winning this year, do you feel like it's almost a mistake team? In other words, it, it, the whole season's been out of whack, yeah, you know, because we had stars missing so much time. But the conventional wisdom is next year the Nets will be back, the Lakers will be back, maybe the Warriors will be back if Klay Thompson is healthy. We'll get, we'll get back to normal, and we can look at this year's winner as an accidental champion uh, um, or – is there a potential for one of these teams like the Suns? Remember, they had, I mean, they had that great run in the bubble last year, and all of a sudden, you know, they had a really good season uh, this year. I mean, do you see uh, the Chris winner Paulson. this year that they could be the team, the new team? No. Or more just like, wow, that was sort of a weird year, and it, yeah, they won. It feels like the 04 Pistons. You're yeah, like, there you go. But they were like, in the finals the next year. Yeah, Remember that against yeah, the Spurs? They were, but it kind of feels like, this is not going to be the the rule now. It's going to be the exception to the rule, whoever wins this year, right? Because you need typically two Hall of Famers, over 27 years old, mm-hmm. to carry your team. And none of these teams right now mm-hmm. have those guys. All right. On the other side, as we get into our second hour, we get back to a little baseball talk. And this was the week, right? Start testing those pitchers. Let's see what you're doing. Are you cheating? How's it worked? We're going to tell you next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller, along with my trusty sidekick, David Gascon. Would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Oh, yeah. Rolling along on this Saturday with, well, we've got the NBA conference finals going on. By the way, we have the Stanley Cup final set it's interesting during the week i have a woman that listens to my show in san diego who lives in canada 
and she is a diehard Montreal Canadiens fan. The Canadians are back into the Stanley Cup final for the first time since 93. And I remember that series well because that's when the L.A. Kings, the only time they got to the Stanley Cup final when Gretzky was there, they got there against Montreal. And remember, Patrick Waugh, obviously, was the uh, Hall of Fame goalie for the Canadians. Kings could have won that series. There was a curved stick violation late in game two. Then Kings sort of fell apart there. So I know there's hockey fans out there, and they're getting ready for the Stanley Cup final. We got Wimbledon. Wimbledon's coming up. Remember, we didn't have Wimbledon last year. We didn't have an open championship last year. The two major sporting events that were canceled uh, during the pandemic. So we got a lot of different things going on. But, Jeff, you you mentioned at the top of the program right now, it's sort of that feeling out time. A lot of our compatriots are looking for a little time off. Uh, you may notice, Jeff, I never take time off. I don't. You're just, you're just the ultimate pro. I don't. I don't. Time off to do what? Well, yeah, your kids are grown, and like I, like I still go on vacation with my family. <laughs> yes, I know you do, and I, I had I take a couple of vacations with the family, but uh, my time off is mostly after the Super Bowl, before mm. like free agency and draft stuff happens. That's simply when I take my time off. I mean, it could be a good time, but I, this was, this has been a storyline in Major League Baseball this week that everyone's talking about, and that was the decision to. Rid baseball, apparently, of players or pitchers using some kind of sticky substance on the baseball to increase spin rate and everything else. And we talked about this plenty because we had a full month to prepare for this week. And what was going to go down? Were we going to see pitchers struggle with their control? There's been a couple out there that it was obvious, at least during the course of the game, you felt like they were making some adjustments. But for, you know, the Jacob DeGroms of the world, he doesn't seem to need any sticky substance. He seems to be perfectly fine. But there's also been a a significant increase in overall batting average in Major League Baseball really over the last month, you know, as pitchers are trying to maybe make the adjustment before they actually got tested. And the ball's flying out of the ballpark once again. So, how much is that where baseball says, you see, we mission accomplished, and or how hesitant are you saying, well, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. It's, it's June. The weather's getting a little warmer. The ball seems to fly better during the summers. Where, where's the balance and how much impact, if any, the sudden testing of all these pitchers has had on the offensive portion of the game? I don't think embarrassing your 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 favorite pitchers is is a look Major League Baseball wants to have, right? Mm. We saw you know multiple pitchers get get checked multiple times a game. Now Max Scherzer, that was separate situation almost because you know Girardi asked for it. And remember, it wasn't supposed to happen in the middle of an inning. No, and but Girardi happened. had a see Girardi took advantage of it, right? I mean that's Girardi. If you're going to give me as a manager the opportunity to essentially question a pitcher at any time as opposed to the obligatory umpires you say as they're walking off the mound, let's take a look, you know, they got to do. Um, he just took advantage of a rule yeah. that was put in by Major League Baseball. You have it. If you're a manager and you feel like there's a reason to check out a pitcher, you can do it. He said that he hadn't seen Scherzer ever wipe his hands in his hair before. Correct. And that's why he decided he was using sweat as a substance to. And Scherzer agreed with that because he said, I didn't have any sweat. Again, it's the combination of the rosin and the sweat to give you any traction. Correct. At all. So here's, here's what I look at is that 
I know they say that that all press is not bad, right? Like, and like, like or bad press is not is not bad. Whatever the saying is, right? Yeah. All press is good. There's no such thing as bad press. No such thing. As, there we go. I I don't know, man. I feel like there's bad press for baseball to 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 continually accuse all your pitchers of cheating again when this was not something baseball needed to do. No fans were clamoring for this. No. No fans are going to watch more because Tatis hit three home runs last night. You had, you had, you had or Otani hit a ball out of Tropicana last night. Unbelievable. Um, you know, no one's watching more because of that. But now people are laughing at your league for having pitchers checked, having Sergio Romo take his pants off. Now, now there are guys like Otani laughed his way through it. The Grom's been fine. I mean, there's been guys that have understood the point of this and haven't been so aggressive with their with their kind of fight with baseball, but. This is something that should have been done before the season. It should have been done um, in accordance with kind of the pitchers and, and hitters. They should have agreed to let the pitchers use some sort of su- substance, whether it was a combination of of you know, rosin and pine, whatever whatever it, you wanted to use. They should have let them use it and been done with this. It should not have happened in the middle of the season. I can you imagine now? There was there was Deflategate, obviously. But could you imagine if the NFL, in the middle of a game, stopped the game and said, hey, hey, hey uh, Tom, give me that ball. I'm going to check that ball right now. Or I'm going to, you know, hey, hey Aaron Rodgers, uh, uh, time out, time out, time out. Aaron Rodgers, come here. Show me that ball. Pat Mahomes, here, give me that. They would never do that. They would never do that on camera. And yet here we are with baseball. Your best pitchers are walking off the mound after a great inning, and the umpires are walking up to them asking to see their glove, hat, and belt to see if they're cheating. Yeah, it's – by the way, the the ball's flying out. And you mentioned Fernando Tatis Jr. He hit like 1,500 feet worth of home runs last night. So <laughs> he has missed 19 games already this year. They played 78 games. He's played 59. He has missed 19 games. <laughs> and before we get to the halfway point of the season, he has 25 home runs. He's on pace for a 52 home run season, despite the fact that he's already missed yep. 19 games. Yep. So, and you mentioned Shohei Otani. Who? How, how do you market Otani? I'm trying to still figure this out. You've got. I mean, a player unlike any player we've ever seen, ever. And, and and the Babe Ruth comparisons, forget the Babe Ruth comparisons. First of all, Babe Ruth was a pitcher, and then he became an outfielder. He wasn't doing it simultaneously, okay? He was a pitcher who could have a little pop in his bat. They converted him to the outfield. Otani's trying to do both at the same time. He wanted this opportunity. Mike Socha didn't want to do it, but... Guess what? Joe Madden's of a different mindset. He says, absolutely. We're going to have you DH. We're going to have you as a pitcher batting in the lineup, batting second. 24 home runs, 453 feet that shot yesterday. This guy's just crushing it. Uh, I also like when he got checked on the mound when he pitched the other day, he was laughing and everything else like this. There's got to be a way. How do you market this guy? Because baseball, you got Fernando, right? Obviously, he's very marketable. But Shohei Otani is so... Unique. Yeah. There's got to be something there, right? Well, he's doing the home run derby, which is a good start, right? That helps. You have All Star Weekend and baseball. Can we? Can we? Can, can you like? Do you ever call someone and be like, do, "Do these jerseys work or not?" Because your All Star jerseys are atrocious. No one. Wants oh, to wear those did you jerseys. see those? They're the They're worst. So bad. Just wear the oh, normal. Garbage. Just garbage. have them wear. 
have them wear their normal uniforms like every other year. What is Jeez, that? Like atrocious. Um, and they're by the way, they're, they're selling for four hundred dollars. They're authentic All Star jerseys. They're four hundred dollars. Unbelievable. Um, it's incredible. So, so look, I think the, the home run derby is good, a good start to market him. Obviously, to the international crowd, incredible marketing opportunity. I was at I was actually at, at Angel Stadium Friday and Saturday last week. And he hit three home runs. I missed all three of them. I was just out of my seat. I wasn't in my seat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of Angel fans. There. I, I don't know. See, I, I don't know how you get young people involved in baseball mm. outside of their parents leading. Like I am, my, my son will be seven. My daughter will be five. I love baseball. They played baseball this year, right? I, they watch baseball because I watch baseball. I don't think they particularly like baseball. They just, I mean, I, they love playing. I should take that back. But watching baseball, they watch it because I watch it. I'm not sure there's anything that can happen in a game that that would make them, like if, if they saw Tatis hit three home runs, maybe they want to watch tomorrow, but if he doesn't do it tomorrow, they're not going to watch a third day. Yeah, but I don't, you know, yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let, me, let me slow down here for a second, Jeff. Look, it's a little different. I mean, I, was, your, was your dad like a diehard sports fan? Like yes. lives and breathes sports constantly. Yes. Okay, so you and your brother were exposed to all of that. You, you're raised by a dad that lives and breathes sports. My dad had a, an interest in sports as well, which was, you know, the normal progression. But I, getting to baseball specifically, if you are raised by someone that is, whether it's your dad, your 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 mom, older brother, whoever, right, that's really into the game and you're a kid, that's what sparks it. Correct. Now, there's always anomalies, and maybe nobody cares about something, you know, and that's sort of my deal, right? Nobody was into sports stats, obviously, in my house. No one was going to take that to that extreme, but that was interesting to me, and and I, I made a living out of it. But I think that's really what is it's, – it's not so much the new generation and their interest in baseball. It's the last generation – because the the generation before the current young generation is the first generation where baseball didn't rule the sports world. Okay? When I was a kid, baseball was still number one. Bigger than the NFL. Bigger than anything else. After me, another 10, 15 years, not the same case. So, I don't know if a new generation could suddenly say, you know what? The heck with that. This is the best sport out there. Um, I don't know if they can get there. It, it's, it's a challenge that baseball has tried different ways to figure it out, and they still haven't come up with an answer. Right, which is kind of my point about Otani. Like, I, don't, I don't know. I feel like baseball fans already know who he is. It's about getting my kids to know who he is, right? Right. And unless I tell them about him, I don't, I don't know if there's a – I don't know how – I don't know. I just don't know. I don't have a great answer for that. Yeah, it's – it's a tough call, but I'm interested. Anytime that you have a, a sport has been around 150 years and you're seeing something like Shohei Otani, oh, I mean, he's had 11 starts. He has 82 strikeouts and 59 innings. He has 24 home runs, and every one of his home runs is a tape measure job. Yeah, they're 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 uh, yeah they're monster home runs. I uh, just um, absolutely mind boggling. So I love that. I love this is the thing about baseball that that holds my interest. You know, we just had another no-hitter <laughs> this week, which was one of the craziest no-hitters. We've had combined no-hitters before, but we never really had a combined no-hitter where the game ended and the pitcher on the mound actually didn't know there was a no-hitter going on. 
Craig Kimbrell admitted he yeah, had yeah, no yeah. clue when the final out, Wilson Contreras, you know, gets his last strike on a strike, and he's pumping his fist. And Kim, Kimbrell's like, okay, yeah, it's cool to beat the Dodgers. And he's like, dude, it was a no-hitter. No-hitter. Well, there were eight walks in the game. He figured somebody had to get a hit. Um, but I mean, by the way, that's... those relievers are just like half asleep. <laughs> Apparently, seven innings, they, they were not paying attention. They knew there were Dodgers on base against Zach Davies, who had started the game. But they didn't realize none of them actually reached base on a hit. Aren't you looking at the scoreboard? I, I, don't, I don't know. know. I mean, yeah, I think relievers are like half asleep for most of the game. <laughs> they show up at the pitch in the seventh inning. It was uh, crazy. The, you know, I hated to see the news that the Dodgers now have been hit the most times in MLB history. Yes, twenty. It, I know how much you hate that. It was just it, mm-hmm. it broke my heart. To I know see the Dodgers. Anytime the, the Dodgers uh, on the negative end. By the way, the Dodgers, even yesterday and beating the Cubs, they've had five straight games now. The three against the Padres, they got swept. Two games against the Cubs, where they've given up a home run in the first inning. That's that's an amazing stat, right? Five straight games, they've given up a home run in the first inning. Uh, but neither neither the Dodgers or the Padres matter right now because, according to Jeff Schwartz, neither of them are going to catch the Giants. I hope so because my, my plus 5,000 ticket for the Giants to win the NL West <laughs> Feels awfully juicy about right now, so uh, I hope none, none of them catch us. But I, who, I mean, just, it's a it's for good the Giants are playing, right? Yes, I mean, the it's... two teams behind them also have the second and third best records in the National League. Mm-hmm. So like, it, it's not like we have a twelve game lead. It can end, end very quickly. Well, I I tell you with this though, let's let's say the two wild card teams are the two teams out of the NL West. You do not want to be in that wild card game. Oh, no, no. I mean, you know, if you're the Padres and the Dodgers in the wild card game, one game to decide your fate, no, no, no. You don't want to be – you want to win the division. All right, on the other side, Aaron Rodgers. I thought we'd get through the whole show without Aaron, but no, there's a new development, and will it be the ultimate factor on his decision to play for the Packers or anyone else in 2021? We'll break it down coming up next. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to Stan, the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Steve Harbin and Jeff Schwartz. This is going to be an interesting week for Aaron Rodgers. So here's where we are. Aaron Rodgers has an opt-out, as they're calling it, the silver bullet for 2021. And this is a carryover from last year where players could opt out with no penalty as far as their contract is concerned. They were given a a small salary. But apparently, because I was a little confused on this, I thought you had to set out last year to be eligible for this year, but apparently that's not the case. So the rules that were in place for 2020 are also in place for 2021. And here's where it is with Aaron Rodgers. Now, he won't get any salary, no minimal salary. But what he will be able to collect is a bonus that was headed his way into the tune of $18.3 million. If you want to tack on to that $2 million, he would have been docked 
Had he sat out the season where he not only gets paid, but $2 million in fines for missing all of training camp, that's about $20 million. So here's a scenario. Let's see if this works for you. So you're Aaron Rodgers, and oh, by the way, there's a hard deadline of making this decision. It's this Friday. He has to make the decision by Friday because once he's made that move, he is out. He is done for 2021. Yeah. He can't play for the Packers. He can't play for anybody in 2021. All right. So let's say you're Aaron Rodgers and they give you the Jeopardy job. So you have a chance. Well, you still obviously have plenty of gas left in the tank to play the highest level in the NFL to sort of test the water. Let's see how this works, right? I'm the host of Jeopardy, and I get paid a lot of money to work very little. Uh, people don't understand. Wheel of Fortune, Pat Sajak, Vanna White, Alex Trebek all these years, those shows are taped over a 39-day period for the entire year. You work 39 days out of 365 days, and you get paid anywhere from 7 to $12 million a year for 39 days of work. Yeah. It's the greatest gig on the planet. So you're Aaron Rodgers. You test the water a little bit, right? And maybe you decide at the end of a year that, you know what? Football's behind me. I've had a Hall of Fame career. I checked all the boxes. I won a Super Bowl. I've been an MVP. I'm done. Or you realize, man, I missed the game. Well, then nothing really changes other than he took a year off because he's still the property of the Green Bay Packers. So what do you think is going to happen? What do you think of this as an option? And let's get into the mind of Aaron Rodgers. He's yeah. not like your normal guy. He has a lot of options in life beyond football. So what do you think he's going to do? So the money that he would get would be a signing bonus that's unearned so far this season and a roster bonus that he Correct. earned in March. So that's the $18 million comes into play here. Um, you know, uh, wow. I mean, it's a quick. this is a quick week to decide this, right? It's yeah, very- and, and, and it's a hard deadline. He has to decide by Friday. The thing about it, is that and there's no going back. He can't like right. undo it. Is the Packers still own his rights essentially for next year? Right. Correct. Like that, that doesn't. Well, again, the, his current contract. But remember, by taking the year off, it doesn't eliminate a year from his deal. Correct. It just tolls over for the following exactly. year. Exactly. So he's still in the same position where he was. You know, he wants more guaranteed money. Correct. Moving forward, but he has a chance to test the water. Of what? Of well, life. Outside of football. Correct, correct. But he's taking a lot of risk here. One is is that, um, you know, Jeopardy wants him, right? If he doesn't get the job, right. then, then he's out the job of Jeopardy. And he's still correct. making $18 million. I get right. that. But two, what if Jordan Love is actually really good mm-hmm. and the Packers play really well? Well, then they're moving off of you, obviously. There's no guarantee you're going somewhere else that has the same situation that the Packers have. And... I do think people will start kind of questioning your play the previous two years in this offense if Jordan Love is able to play this well early in his career. It's not going to be about, you know, even with Tom Brady, they're talking about system quarterback, right? And it kind of took him going to Tampa Bay for people to maybe stop saying that, right? And I, I do wonder if there's some some chatter about Aaron Rodgers' success the last couple of years if Jordan Love plays just as well in this offense. The upside, obviously, is you get the Jeopardy job. Even if you don't, Jordan Love plays poorly, and the Packers beg you to come back, and they give you guaranteed money, and you've won the standoff. Mm-hmm. I think Rodgers, if given more time, would take the option of not playing and making the money, but I think it's too soon to make a decision on that. Because, look, a lot of players, 
um, this time of year that are contemplating retirement. And Rogers is not probably contemplating hard retirement, but just kind of contemplating the idea of retirement. Mm-hmm. They they love it right now. And then July comes. Mm-hmm. And then August comes. And it's like, ooh. I, I, wait, wait. I'm supposed to be playing now? Mm-hmm. My body feels good. I've missed half a training camp. You know, I'm going to come back now. I think Rodgers, if he decides to not play this year, he's going to have that. And, and look, unlike the other players, he can't come back, Steve. If he opts out for COVID, is it? He's he's out for the whole year. Out for the whole year. Can't play for any team. You know, you you mentioned that whole idea about getting the itch. You know, one guy that I I know very well is Philip Rivers. You know, Philip Rivers has not only did he start for the last fifteen years, he never missed a start. He started literally every single game from 2006 through 2020. Just went to the playoffs with the Colts, and he retires to coach high school football. I really wonder if, I mean, right. You get the itch. Like yeah, when the, you when are so call... programmed and you know, a guy like that, where he's just addicted to the game and he loved every aspect of the game. I, yeah, I do want to get a little bit of the, like, man, I know I can still play. Obviously. I do wonder if that call comes, if someone gets hurt and there's a call mm. from someone. Yeah. Phil. Hey, hey, hey Phil, how, how you feeling, man? Yeah. Feel, you, 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 How's that you, high school still, uh, football coaching? Guy? You're still feeling up to up to, and, and they played this spring, right? So he actually, yeah, he so he he got a little bit of coaching in. Um, yeah, man, I uh, mm. I I don't know if Roger will take that deal. I don't think he will mm-hmm. to have the option left open. Plus, I keep saying this, I think he plays for the Packers this season. So wow, okay. So you say when we get to Friday, he says nope. I'm going to still leave it. Open that I play well, in the NFL somewhere in 2021. Remember this too. Rodgers likes attention, right? Oh, absolutely. If he opts out, there's no attention to Aaron Rodgers. There's no what well, if. host to Jeopardy. If he gets that job, Steve, he's not even, I don't think he's the front runner right I now. don't think he is either. I think Jennings, so, I think the Jennings guy is the front runner. So if he opts out. But I mean, out, let's face it, if they do bring in Aaron Rodgers, it becomes a huge story. Sure. But if they don't take him, mm-hmm. then... Rodgers, we're not talking about Rodgers. We're talking about everything else in the NFL in July, not Rodgers. So I don't know. Does he want to give that up? It feels like he enjoys the spotlight of of this drama. Mm-hmm. It's gone All if, right. if he opts out. Okay. On the other side, a, a reminder that it feels like we, we've moved on, right, from the COVID crisis. Not quite. Uh, we'll tell you why on that. But first, let's find out what's trending as we welcome back Mr. Ralph Irvin. What do you think? Is he going to say, I'm out for 2021? What's your gut say, Ralph? What do you think? No, he's not. Really? Interesting. No. Yeah. Because everyone's throwing it out there like, whoa, look at that. Yeah, that's what drama queens do. Mm, okay. <laughs> but then they show up to then they show up with their with their hat in their hand and they go to work. Relax. Yeah, I, I think the competitive juices are there, which is why we have a stink about him being a Packer right now, right? Competitive juices. He doesn't like things the way they are. So. Yeah, I can't help you there. <laughs> but I can help you with uh, the fact that we do have NBA tonight. Game four of the Western Conference Finals. The Clippers hosting the Phoenix Suns. The Suns lead this series two games to one. No Kawhi Leonard for L.A. Six trade game he will miss with his knee soreness. It'll all start at 9 o'clock Eastern time. Now on the Major League Baseball scoreboard, a full slate of games going on right now. Toronto holding a 4-0 lead over Baltimore. That's now in the fifth inning. St. Louis up on Pittsburgh 3-1. They are 
in the seventh. An early home run from, well, I I had it here, but uh, Winker with a home run for Cincinnati. They have a one nothing lead over Atlanta. That's in the second inning. Colorado, an early one nothing lead over Milwaukee. They are in the first. Still scoreless. The Angels in Tampa Bay, Washington, Miami, tied at one in the first inning. And at Euro 2020, Italy and Austria scoreless. They are in the 74th minute of play earlier. Denmark, a 4-0 win over Wales. The Danes will face the winner of the Czech Republic and the Netherlands. We'll send it back now. It is... Fox Sports Saturday, Steve Hartman and Jeff Schwartz. All right, thank you very much, Ralph. Um, Boy, talk about a heartbreak story. You got the College World Series going on right now. I mean, could you believe this NC State story? I mean, Uh, we think uh, like we're we're past all this, and yet you had suddenly NC State. They never won anything in baseball. This is their Dream year, it's like third a, time ever in the World Series, and they the third, upset third the number one coach. seed Arkansas. A lot of people just thought they're a team of destiny, and then they have a couple of players suddenly find themselves a COVID protocol, and they are told, "You're out, you're you're done, yeah. you're out of the College World Series." They were like a couple of wins away from getting into the finals. Well, one one win away, I believe, yeah. which would have been tonight against Vanderbilt. Um, yeah. Against Vanderbilt, who they, who they beat. Yeah, they beat Kumar Walker yesterday. They would have faced Lighter tonight. It would have been a great matchup. So what happened, and this is going to happen in, in sports this year, is we had a team who was fully vaccinated in Vanderbilt that was under one protocol mm-hmm. and a team that was not fully vaccinated in North Carolina State. Now, back to, reportedly, Vanderbilt's fully vaccinated. I don't, I don't have confirmation of that. That's just what it's been reported. And you have NC State which has a team that's not fully vaccinated. So right. NC State's unvaccinated players, mm-hmm. two of them tested positive, which then triggered the testing of the vaccinated players where four vaccinated players tested positive. Again, if they're if you're fully vaccinated, they're not testing you. If you're unvaccinated, they're still testing. Remember, we talked about this last week or the week before, Steve, with COVID protocols for the NFL, right? Uh, unvaccinated players tested every day. Vaccinated players are either not tested or once a week. Well, I wanted to get there because, you know, Patrick Peterson came out, you know, now with the Vikings, and I mean, he just put it out there like, guys, get vaccinated. We can't because operate it, like this. We can't a, have, you know, two thirds of the team correct. that's vaccinated, a third that's it, not. It, How are we going to operate? We can't, we've got to be on huge, the same page. This is a huge, huge, huge learning opportunity and example for the rest of sports moving into the fall. Are you telling me that Nick Saban is not telling his players right now? Again, no one can mandate the vaccine, right? Especially state schools. Now, uh, you know, Notre Dame supposedly, I saw, is, is mandating all their students back on campus have to be vaccinated. Now, they're a, pub, they're a private institution. They can do that, right? Public school cannot, okay? Now, maybe if the, if the vaccines become, become um, uh, their auth- emergency authorization turns into full authorization at some point in the fall, Maybe then they're able to make it mandatory, but but they're not. So I think you look at programs, whether it's Alabama or whether it's all college football or NFL programs or maybe you know basketball and baseball moving forward. I know baseball, by the way, 85% vaccinated. You're not getting tested, right? Mm-hmm. You're, so they're going to use this example and say, hey, guys, look, this cost North Carolina State it cost John Rom two weeks ago over you know before he won yeah uh, you know it cost him a million six or whatever it was. They're gonna use it as an example of like guys, this is what's gonna happen to us 
and we don't get vaccinated. And this is what I've said all along: is there's a huge competitive dis, you know, disadvantage to not being vaccinated. So now, what do you do? Not, I mean, I mean, again, we're, we're not well, what, there I yet. Mean, look, I mean, we're obviously Steve, in June, but you, you get to training camp, what do you and do all of is, a sudden you're, you're a coaching staff, and you're like, okay, well, I got one set of rules for these guys. These guys are I mean, you, ha- you, you, hope, I, you, you, tell, you hope your players get vaccinated. Again, but what if they form. don't? Then, that, then that's their fault. I mean, like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, you can't – look, I hope everyone gets vaccinated. I am pro, I'm pro-vaccine. You can hate me if you want, but that's the way I feel about it. I, I – I, uh, but I, I can't force you to take a vaccine. I have friends that don't take it. I can't force them not. Well, how do you think some teams will handle this, though? I mean, if you're a bubble player, I'm, are you in jeopardy? Yes. I mean, if you're a bubble player, Agreed. you yes. have really put yourself if, in if jeopardy. If because if we got yes. to make special rules for you and you're a bubble player, uh, you're gone. 100%. If you are a bubble player, this is not going to go well if you're not vaccinated. If you're a, a high-level player, obviously they'll, they'll decide to probably keep you. But yeah, man, imagine you know, a locker. I think you asked me this last week, right? Yeah. You have five offensive linemen. Three of the five are vaccinated. We're all hanging out together. The other two are not vaccinated. They're not allowed to be in the steam room with you and the sauna with you and in the meeting room with you and traveling with you and in, the, in, in all the places where we bond as players off the field. Now, remember, chemistry, team chemistry, in my opinion, is especially like the offensive line, is built in the locker room, right? Oh, yeah. It's built hanging out with each other. It's built learning how to communicate with, with each other. And then it turns into, you know, you hope on-field bonding and, and on-field chemistry and obviously winning, I think. I've never a seen a, a successful offensive line that didn't completely bond together. Correct. And that's done just being goofy together, right? And sure. now you have three of five guys or two of five guys that can't do it. I would imagine that the three of the five that are vaccinated are going to try to put pressure on their teammates to get this done. I'm sure the head coaches are going to put pressure on their players to get vaccinated. We were seeing too that, you know, I'm glad Patrick Peterson spoke up because we're seeing that the teams, at least these are mostly reports, right? They're not, you know, they're not a hundred percent, you know, knowing everyone's vaccination status, but the teams that have quarterbacks like a Matt Ryan or a Pat Mahomes, who have been very vocal about getting vaccinated, you know, Mike Tomlin of the Steelers or Cameron Hayward of the Steelers or even Patrick Peterson of the Vikings, guys that are leaders and played for a long time. The, the ones that have been more outspoken about getting vaccinated are the ones whose teams have a higher vaccination rate. And I, I think, dude, let's use the Buffalo Bills, for example, right? Let's say that that Cole Beasley and Josh Allen are not, which, I mean, they, they you know, they answered, I don't think they answered, but it seems like a no. If they're hanging out together, right, and one of them gets COVID, mm. they're both out for two weeks. Yeah. And now your quarterback and your wide receiver are out for two weeks. You're, you're losing two games. Even even take a step further. I don't know how many wide receivers are vaccinated on the Bills. Let's say Cole Beasley gets COVID. He's tested every day, right? Tested every day. He gets COVID. All the wide receivers now have to quarantine. Guess what? You enter a game with no wide receivers. How's, how's that going to go for you? Well, I asked the Broncos when they had no quarterbacks where, for the game. Where the Chiefs, your direct competitor, have – you know, herd immunity, have 85, 90% of guys vaccinated, 100% of guys vaccinated, who knows? And they're able to play the entire season like normal. That's a huge competitive advantage. And I get it. We've made the vaccine political. I wish it never went in that direction. But if guys are going to want to to win and buy in mm. and be part of the team, they might have to to get the vaccine if they don't want to. Now, again, but, but now here's the problem right now. Okay, the vaccine's been out there for several months. Anyone, yeah, if they don't want to get, they're not going to get it. It's not, if you haven't been vaccinated yet, it's a choice. 
Correct. You you have decided I'm not going to get vaccinated, whatever your personal reasons may be, and that's that. Right, but you, I mean it's it's that, it's so, free. It, yeah. it, you can go anywhere and get vaccinated anywhere. But, yeah, but so far there hasn't been, at least in the NFL, there hasn't been that direct peer pressure because the protocols haven't been different. Yeah, but they've already but they laid will, down the law for you. I mean, it yeah, literally but, is a but, one eighty. But until you show up, but until you show up that first day of training camp. Mm. And and eighty of the of the ninety players on the roster mm. are in one room, and you and nine other guys are in the other room, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they're all eating together. Yeah, and they're using the you know they're using the facility, they're lifting together, they're meeting together. You know that that's when the that's when the pressure comes. Plus, look, and, and by yeah. the way, people have to understand this: the union agreed to this. This is not just the NFL. The union they're in cahoots on this. So if you're a player and you're upset about the situation, your union is the one that created the situation yeah. for you. Yeah, um, and again, the union's job is to look out for for the majority of majority, players, right? not exactly. the minority of players. Um, and so there's going to be some some pushback to to that, of course. We don't know yet. Through. You know, it's interesting. We really don't know who's been vaccinated, who hasn't been vaccinated. I mean, well, well, we I mean, will find out. I mean, what we'll, if we we'll find know. out with some major names well, in the we'll, NFL have not been vaccinated? Well, we're going to know because I think during training camp. It's going to be open to the media as usual this mm-hmm. year. Yeah. And the players, I think the ones that are unvaccinated have to wear masks. Out yes. Like, no, and, we and, will know. You will be we'll as right like away. a scarlet letter. I mean, and, you're, and we'll know right away. Yeah. And, um, and what if they have some big names? You're like, what? Well, there's going to be. I mean, we look, we already know Sam Darnold. Again, I, I uh, maybe maybe I'm under the wrong assumption here. When, when you're asked about... And you say it's my, you know, it's my own personal belief system. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, that to me feels like a no. So, so I'm just going off of that. I mean, Sam Darnold, right? No, Josh but Allen. I mean, there will be a clear separation of players who bad vaccinated and who haven't and, been. And it's going to be competitive disadvantage, Oof, man. And it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out this year. And I wonder again at the peer pressure, and I, I and I hope that. When the FDA officially approves this, right, they mm-hmm. take it off of emergency use and become officially approved, you know, medicine, uh, a vaccine that you know we see more players maybe willing to take it. But your point, I think, is exactly right: is that if you haven't taken it yet, you're just not going to take it, right? And but at you what say point is that a problem? For I, I, but I think you bring up also a good point that you're not feeling the peer pressure yet. But when we get to training camp and you have a clear separation of those who have and those who haven't. And you're and in also, a, a small room of guys. You're like, mm, wow. and also too, and you know, Cole Beasley brought, brought this up in his in his uh, notes app, um, which is, you know, I, he's I'm gonna see my family, right? Mm-hmm. You're not really supposed to, and no. you're gonna get fined. Yeah, and it, people have said on on social media, the NFL's not gonna do this, take this seriously. Oh yes, they are. Oh, are you kidding oh, me? No, no, no. They took it seriously last year. Ask they, the Denver they Broncos. Made a team, they made a team play. You're right, the Broncos without a quarterback to prove a point. Exactly. Like, of course they're going to make – the NFL does not want what happened last night in the College World Series to happen to them this year. No. They don't want game canceled. They don't want games moved. They don't want their schedule altered. They don't want us talking about COVID, right? They want us talking about the play on the field. The and reason the, the NFL was now. able to get a complete season in is there was zero compromise. At no zero point tolerance. did they compromise last year at all. They, they didn't the bend the rules. The Saints, they didn't do they, they, yeah. There was no. Remember, right out of the box, they they find all the coaches that weren't properly wearing a mask. Week one, boom, yeah. hundred grand, give us money. And they meant they were serious, and that's the only way you're going to get through us exactly with the end. Baseball didn't do that last year. Yeah, they, they weren't adhering to the yeah. rules that they set down. Then you and, had the mess with the Marlins, you had the mess with yeah. the Cardinals. The NFL stuck to their rules all season long. So 
the question I have now, though, is about what about college sports, right? Because yeah. college sports, you know, the, the, again, I go you back have separate to conferences, separate conferences, yeah. which we know last year did things differently, right? Um, they were not in it together. You have separate, you know, separate private school, public school. Mm-hmm. You have different budgets for, for different, you know, abilities to test and, and abilities to, to get things done. You can't force kids to take a vaccine, of course. Um, and that's going to be even, I mean, what, what's the policy going to be in the PAC 12 with SEC? I mean, there could, again, competitive advantage could be in one conference or the other. And obviously there's a competitive advantage on the field. We know that, but as far as the rules of it, college football is going to be even more wild than I think the NFL, the NFL has firm protocols in place. They're adults. They're getting paid. The college, college is going to be, you got name and your likeness now, and you got to deal with figuring out how well, the we'll, protocols are going to be. It's going to be wild. All right. Well, well, we'll tackle plenty of that over the weeks ahead. All right. Now, people always want to know what's coming up in this final segment for us. It's simple. We got Clippers and we got Suns. Which way are you going here? Putting the money on the line. Jeff's got the answer. Coming up next. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Steve Harmon and Jeff Schwartz. Sorry, let's uh, thank the crew today. Iowa Sam. Yes. Haven't heard from Sam today. You've been pretty quiet, Sam. Are you okay? Everything's good? I, yes, I had my giant pile of pad thai, which I housed, mm-hmm. and uh, thought I'd have kind of a, uh, a food coma afterward, but I'm feeling rather peppy. That's so, uh, by the way, you had a food coma last week, oh, did you not? Did I ever? Yeah. He he had, he decided, uh, what was El Pollo Loco? I had two burritos. It was Two a, giant burritos. It was unwise decision. Why? why? I'm a I mean, fan of El Pollo Loco, so good for you. I mean, but I mean, you have one big burrito, and then you say, oh no, I need two. I was really hungry, but if I'm going to eat like that, it better be on the couch where I can take a nap. Exactly. Right you were uh, you were reeling after that. Uh, one reason, of course, you're quiet is you don't have uh, Gascon tormenting you. That's because Ralph Irvin is in the house today. It's always great to see my dear friend Ralph. and Doing a great job as always, Ralphie. By the way, uh, Lita Lap, our brilliant producer, just got a tea time. Tea time. Ralph, are you going to be playing golf anytime soon yourself? I'll be playing tomorrow. Tomorrow. There you go. So everyone's uh, teeing it off. Uh, there's, by the way, uh, Lee. Uh, we're talking about your tea time. That uh, you're going to get back out on the golf course. What's your inspiration? Is it to get your mind off of the Aaron Rodgers situation, Jeff? As you know, he is the diehard Packers fan in this building. Uh, he also brought up an interesting point about the uh, that charity golf tournament he's due to play in a week from Monday. Monday. Yeah, the fifth. So if he opts out on the second, that's going to be overshadowing that event for sure. Wow! All yeah. the opts out though. Hmm. Nah, no, way, no way. He just decides to not play all this year at all. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. All right. So you're rest assured he's going to be. In fact, what, what, you have nothing to worry about. Jeff said he's going to be a Packer in 2021. I believe it. All right. There you go. You got to believe. Blindly believing. I love it. Uh, believing is something Jeff has to do every day because he likes to wager. 
And if you don't believe it, if you don't believe in the work you've done to come up with an answer on which way to go, because no matter what bet you're making, Jeff, it's a 50-50, right? Either you win or you lose. Well, I think I'm going to win all my bets, but I, I know it doesn't always work that way. But what would you say your overall percentage is? Actually, I have it right here for the NBA. Ready? Okay, for the NBA. Now the NBA you, playoff. The NBA playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. So far, I'm 34 and 29, and I'm plus 2.2 units. So okay, that, that's yeah. that's good. Say, my, anything my on the winning quarter, side? My, my first quarter bets are 13 and 10 in the playoffs so far. All right, this year. is an obsession of yours to make first quarter bets. Uh, it's a good, uh, it's you've a good had bet. a couple of them that you put out on the air that weren't so good. Remember well, if you make... follow them on Instagram, it's at Jeff Schwartz. I put them out every single day that I have All right. them. All right. I like the Hawks, by the way, in game three in the first quarter, which oh. is not tonight. I like the I like the Suns tonight, uh, just straight up. I, I think it's, it's varied from they're favored by one, one and a half. I think Clippers are favored by half a point tonight. Now, why? I mean, uh, why? Because I think Chris that... Paul seems a step slow. I think he plays better. Uh, and Devin tonight. Booker, <laughs> I don't. I think not only everyone was talking about Patrick Beverly's defense, which was great. Um, I think he had a hard time adjusting to the mask he's wearing. Well, 100%. I think that he plays better with his mask tonight. I think Chris Paul gets his legs under him again, and the Suns win this game. It's, that's kind of simple. That's why. Okay. So and, and look, and, and look, at some point, the Clippers are playing without their best player, like, has to matter. <laughs> Like, no, I, I, well, it doesn't. It just, I mean, they, I mean, the fact is, they, they, I, they played five games without Kawhi. They won three, but they should have won four. I mean, you, you never should lose on an inbound oh. pass at the rim with 0.8 seconds to go. All right, so you're going, Suns. Yes, he is going, Suns. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings for the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility do you love selena like really love whether you saw her live saw the movie as a kid or saw her looks all over tiktok there's no shortage of reasons to stan the queen of tejano and stan we do over three whole episodes of our podcast becoming an icon we're reminiscing as lifelong selena fans sharing hot takes and telling her story Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.